Hi guys, welcome to episode 18 of The Beauty of Ugly. My name is Sim Tong and let's talk about some stuff. There's no real major thing to report this week except um, comedy shows are starting up again in the real world. Crack House Comedy Club is uh, starting on Wednesday. Uh, with the, Wednesdays is uh, open mic night, so they're starting with an open mic night which is a pretty good way of going about it because, um, you know, you get to test out all your uh, things because we are going into a, a new kind of, how do you say? It's, it's the old shows, but with a new layout, at least there's a lot of things to test out because it is still social distancing, even though we can have shows now. Yeah, so usually open mic nights are... Basically, anyone who signs up first will get the spot first. But this time, it's a curated show, a curated lineup, because uh, they are a bit concerned about the quality of the show, since it's going to be the first show in four months. Uh, so they, so they, want, they want the audience to get, you know, um, to have a good night. Uh, so the lineup is curated, which means only funny people on the lineup, basically. That's a bit, maybe that's a bit uh, of a not very inclusive thing to say. I should say, well, everybody's funny from time to time, but they wanted the more reliable, more consistent performers. So I know what you guys are thinking. Is Sim going to be on that show? And uh, the answer is yes, of course he's going to be on that show. Why else would he be uh, talking about that show so much, right? If I wasn't in the lineup, I'd be like, you know what? Screw live shows. Live streaming is where it's at. Um, no, I'm going to be in that uh, show. So uh, Wednesday, Crack House Comedy. I'm going to be there. It's going to be a great lineup as well uh, because they, they curated the lineup. Uh, Steve is going to be there. Uh, Shakila is going to be there. Uh, I think Mike Sadi, Nuha, um, uh, Juliana is going to be there. So yeah, great comics, uh, great lineup on Wednesday. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, but before that, on Monday... I am also on a live streaming stand-up show, which is the I Love KL online show. Uh, yeah, and that's also going to be an awesome one because uh, another great lineup, you know, uh, Juliana's hosting. Nicholas Gammon's going to be on it. I'm on it. Stephen Bones is on it. Bunch of funny people. Plus a bunch of people I've not met because a bunch of Juliana's international friends because she's made so many... Um, friends from all the other shows uh, while we were in quarantine. So yeah, Monday's tomorrow, right? Tomorrow's going to be a great show. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, originally, I thought of um, live streaming the ass. <laughs> I did, I, because it's at the same time as my live stream. So there's not going to be a live stream tomorrow. Originally, I did think about like live streaming the ass stream on my stream, kind of like have a window in window thing. Uh, but I couldn't figure out how to make it work. I tried a bunch of ideas, uh, trying to put uh, StreamYard into OBS, trying to put uh, Facebook into OBS, and it doesn't work. I can't get it to work. And so, yeah, 
I'm just going to have a watch party on Facebook, I guess, uh, is how I'm going to handle it. And also, tomorrow's kind of a busy evening as well for me. Uh, having a family, possibly a family dinner. And uh, yeah, from there, I'll be rushing back to uh, do the I Love KL show. And hopefully, there's enough time to uh, get back here by 8 so that I can start the watch party and we can watch the thing together uh, if you want to. Otherwise, I'll see you guys on Tuesday. Yeah. Hi, Rishad. Um, how's it going, Sim? I'm I'm going well. How are you, Rishad? Live shows, man. It's coming back. I, I'm excited to be in a live show to perform to actual human faces. <laughs> kind of exciting, right? Hasn't happened in four months now. But also... I feel like there is so much more to explore with live streaming. I feel like a lot of people are actually either burnt out or getting busy, so kind of winding down a little bit. Yeah, the the other live streams are down to one a week. Brian and Kieran's one is uh, pretty much, they're not doing it anymore. Uh, Kevin and Zach's one is back. It's once a week now. Stephen Bones has his... He has his two live streams. Uh, one is with Joanne Kam and Bibi Kepo. That's still twice a week. And his other one with uh, Mike Sadia and Nuha, it's down to one a week. Yeah, so I guess people are getting either getting busy or maybe um, feeling like they've tried it a bunch. You know, they've tried it for the past four months or three months. And then it's like uh, maybe time to try something new. And I feel that as well. I feel like uh, maybe... I still want to do the one where I talk to people and then I still want to do the podcast because uh, the podcast I will either do either the old way where I just record the recording and set it in and it's an audio recording and <laughs> nobody ever listens to it or I will uh, put it like how I'm doing it now, you know, in front of a camera uh, having people come in and say hi, which is nice and then I don't feel like I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm talking to a wall. So uh, that's going to continue in one form or another. And then on top of that, I feel like I want to try more live streaming stuff. I want to try something that has something to do with stand-up, at least for a while. Uh, yeah, why not just have stand-up shows, right? Just have, like, everybody's always complaining, like, uh, you know, all the all the open mic shows, only give them, like, four minutes or five minutes. Uh, why don't we have shows that give people 10 minutes, you know, or, or longer, maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, sure, just rent a place and then get a bunch of friends together and you have a show, right? And make sure it sells because otherwise you're going to lose money on the, on the room rental. And that's a financial risk. So a lot of people are like, uh, nah, it's too, either too much work or too much, you know, uh, too much uh, of a risk for a lot of people. And I'm like, okay, so why not just uh, get a free StreamYard account and uh, do your... Do your show online. That's an idea you can try, right? You don't have to figure out like a, a venue, figure out like whether it's got good parking and all that stuff, uh, whether it's uh, how much I have to sell per ticket and how much of the room I have to fill up before I can break even, all that stuff. I don't have to figure any of that out if I'm just doing it on StreamYard or Zoom, right? Yeah, so kind of low risk. I, I, I would try a bunch of things. One is stand-up. Uh, with live streaming and there's some other ideas as well. Um, I was talking to 
my buddy Stephen Bones, and he asked, like, why don't you try making videos? And uh, I'm kind of intimidated by it, to tell you the truth, because I know that live streaming is just the camera's right here. I'm not moving the camera. I'm I have it set up. I just uh, talk into it, or I talk into the screen, and that's that seems easy now. Now that I've done it, like for like ninety episodes, ninety I don't know ninety. 92 episodes plus a bunch of other uh, episodes. Uh, yeah, that seems easy now, but to actually, you know, write a script and then be the actor and be the, and set up the camera on the tripod and record myself, press the record button, make sure I'm standing in the right spot and, uh, and, and act, which uh, is not always easy. Sometimes I think I got it. And then I look at the video and I'm like, oh my God, my acting is so wooden. And then, yeah. So it is a challenge, but um, but we have to accept challenges in order to grow, right? So it, it is an idea that I I might entertain. Um, I, I'm still thinking about it. Okay, let's say hi to a bunch of people uh, listening from Clang Hospital. Now my wife, family member admitted, oh dear, uh, I hope they're okay, uh, Andrew Kit. Um, things going back to normal is pretty surreal, isn't it? Yeah, Rishad. Um, it is because I feel like I'm so used to it now. I feel like I'm a hobbit, you know. <laughs> I don't want to leave the Shire and go back into the outside world. Yeah, but I feel like I have to because uh, that's where that's where some of the stuff that I need to do is right, and uh, I I do want to perform live comedy. And uh, it is kind of surreal, like just going out. Sometimes I forget how to do it, you know. There's been a bunch of times where I drive out, I go to a place, and I get out of the car, I start walking, and then I realize like, wait a minute, I forgot something. And then I look around, everyone's wearing a mask, and I'm like, oh my God, I forgot to bring my mask. And luckily, I, I have a bunch of masks in my car now, so I go go back and get it, right? So little things like that I have to get used to. Uh, <laughs> first, I think the first time I went out, I actually didn't have a mask in the car as well. I had to drive home. So that was kind of like a waste of time. Uh, we, well, it wasn't a waste. The whole thing wasn't a waste of time, but like uh, I, I wasted some time doing making such mistakes. Good evening, Sim, Richard, and Andrew. Yay, it's the, it's the usual gang, right? Oh, yeah, I hope it's nothing serious. Yeah, I hope everything's okay. But yay to kids going back to school. <laughs> uh, Andrew Kid. okay, yeah, I I understand that sentiment. Um, my kid actually is homeschooled, so um, he's still continuing his classes. But yeah, I, I do understand that. Um, frees up a lot of <laughs> time, I guess, for parents. Um, yeah. Yeah, Andrew Kate, I hope everything's okay. Uh, wow, that's <laughs> just three of you. It's still, uh, okay. Um, yeah, what else did I want to talk about? Yeah, so I'm excited to go back to perform live. But I wonder if I, because I've been performing uh, online and getting used to it, you know, getting, in fact, I might dare to say, at least getting a bit better at it. Uh, I wonder if, how will I do in a live show now? 
I wonder if I just uh, have to make a big adjustment to get back used to that audience. Uh, yeah, or maybe it's like, well, other people haven't been having a lot of practice. So like this, this is as good as it gets, right? The people who have been doing online shows, uh, maybe maybe some of the people who, who have got some practice in, uh, I hope so. I hope that's the case, you know. So people like me and uh, and Juliana, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, and Mike and Nuha. I I hope uh, we can do well at the live shows now that we are doing one. And I think uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be an exciting week at the Crack House. I. I think their weekend show is uh, still Saturday only, as far as I can see on their schedule. Uh, and uh, I think Jen Han is going to be on on Saturday. So that's going to be a great show. Uh, in fact, I might get Jen Han to come in and have a chat uh, this week before he gets too busy. <laughs> like uh, he's starting to do shows again. So yeah, I, I do feel the uh, same way that I did a few weeks ago when I said I was running out of time. Uh, I do feel that a little bit, especially with uh, Malaysian comedians. So maybe I'll focus on uh, having conversations, having my uh, chat, having my um, checking in on funny people uh, chats with uh, Malaysian comedians until like everyone's busy, and then I might go <laughs> talk to Americans again because uh, yeah, things are not so. Uh, unfortunately, things are not going that well yet in America. Um, Hey, Jimmy Earl. Yeah, the Simtong Comedy Hour. <laughs> it's not comedy, but okay, we, we will try to be funny, Jimmy. Pat Fern. Okay, that's another round of people saying hi to each other. Awesome. Same, you guys are going to kill it. I'm very sure of that. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope so, Pat Fern. Uh, like riding a bike. Ah, I think so, Jimmy. Uh, I think we will get the hang of it back very quickly. Uh, just a minor adjustment for a week, maybe, or maybe just for one show. And then we're like, oh, okay, we did, did a bunch of things. Uh, timing is a bit off, and then we'll get back used to it, right? Can't be too hard, right? Um, yeah. Uh, let's see, what else did I want to talk about? I... I'm really happy for like the community that we have kind of built here. Um, like, you know, Pat Fern, Rishad, uh, Jimmy Earl, uh, Andrew Kidd, uh, Angie, uh, Eileen Go. Um, yeah, it's like you guys can basically have your own party now, even if like, okay, I feel like it's like, I'm here because this show is here and you guys are here because this show is here. And basically, if I'm not here, you guys can still come to the show uh, and talk to each other. It's it's like, because that's the community, right? I've seen, and I see the same thing in other people's live stream as well. I see like um, on the, the lockup, uh, I see like, it's us again, you know, it's, Except like instead of being in front of the camera, I'm in there with you guys and we're all just having our own conversation in the in the comment section. And I kind of love it, you know. It's just this community that's 
kind of like, in a way, kind of didn't exist before the MCO. And now we have kind of made friends, right? And Jimmy Earl, you uh, found us. And I always find it like a minor miracle that you found us. Uh, yeah, therapeutic. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I look forward to it. In fact, like now that the lockup uh, show is down to once a week, there are some nights where I just feel like, what am I going to do tonight? Maybe I'll just go and watch the lockup. And I'm like, oh, no, it's not on tonight. And I feel that, you know, I feel that um, uh, it was, it used to be there and it's not there anymore. And I, I do feel uh, that, that loss, that empty space that where that thing used to be. And uh, yeah, Jimmy Earl, you found us on <laughs> on uh, Open Crack, and then uh, you made friends with all of us. And uh, I'm still amazed. Like you went through my videos, and you say, "Hey, this guy is funny." And I never thought that that's in fact that's never happened before. <laughs> my videos that I put on YouTube are so low quality, and like the sound is horrible. In fact, sometimes people ask me to um, to show them something, and I show them what I have on YouTube, and I never have anything really good. And I'm gonna rectify that if I, uh, I as soon as I can. But it's it's been like it, sometimes people ask me like, um, oh, okay, uh, do you? Like there was this one time they asked me about like um, doing a show uh, because the government's changed and like uh, and then I showed them a video of me doing something related to what they were looking for, you know. And I think they were so put off by the the YouTube video that I put out that was so you know the the production value was so low, the quality was so bad that they didn't hire me. <laughs> so I'm. I'm kind of like amazed, like, oh, Jimmy Earl found my videos and he actually liked the, liked the jokes in there. Like he could look past like the bad sound quality and the and the blurry videos to to actually enjoy the joke. I guess, um, and and then you know, uh, I was on his show, he was on my show, and then we have now. Uh, I guess comedians look for different things. Uh, yeah, maybe comedians or comedy fans, I should say. Uh, Jimmy, you're a big comedy fan, and uh, I am as well. And many of us who are comedians, who are performers, we are also big comedy fans. And uh, we kind of look for maybe things that are a bit different from the mainstream sometimes. I was uh, watching Jeb's uh, live stream last week. Uh, the Kids Are Asleep. So Jeps and uh, Jetro, and uh, Jeps Jetro and Mike Sadi, they were having a chat and they were kind of like showing each other videos of their favorite comedians, some of their favorite comedians. And Jeps picked uh, Rod Gilbert, uh, which I also very enjoy, uh, enjoy a lot. Um, Mike picked uh, Richard Jenny, and. Jetro picked uh, Joe Wong. Uh, out of the three, I would say most mainstream uh, comedy viewers might know Joe Wong and maybe not the other two. Um, they might know one out of the three, but not all three. Uh, yeah, but 
it was great fun. And I think what I'm trying to say is like, sometimes, a lot of times, uh, someone who doesn't watch comedy a lot, when you ask them who their favorite comedian is, usually it's somebody pretty famous, uh, either Russell Peters or um, Fluffy or, um, yeah, usually it's somebody famous. Uh, when you ask somebody who watches uh, way too much comedy, um, what happens is they will say somebody you might not have heard before because uh, the famous comedians, they kind of already watched years ago. Uh, yeah, and they've already kind of consumed most of it, uh, most of the content that's out there. And uh, yeah, a lot of us have like, we have favorites, but we also have like a current favorite. Uh, so I, for the past few years, I really like Gary Goldman. Um, yeah, so <laughs> it, just have some fun with it. You know, go out and ask people who watch a lot of comedy what who their favorites are. And uh, sometimes you, you get somebody new that you might really enjoy. And then you can go crazy on the internet and find all their content or maybe find them on Netflix. And, uh, and then, uh, yeah, you got the next... Uh, day or so or like uh, several hours worth of uh, netflix specials to to look forward to oh yay pet friend i am waiting to head down to crack house and meet you all in person oh yes pet friend um one day let's make it happen either you're down here you're up here in kuala lumpur or we will go down you know uh, I actually have not performed in Singapore before. Yeah. We are a fratern fraternity. Yes, Jimmy Earl. Um, although uh, there are female members of this uh, brotherhood, I guess. <laughs> so maybe, uh, yeah. Maybe... Uh, and the rest of us are uh, fraternity. Now nah, you guys, you guys are, you guys are hardcore comedy lovers. Uh, most of you are anyway. And yeah, it's that's no real distinction really. There's um, it's a blood. Like we we're all friends, right? And what what I'm trying to say is like um, sometimes people might who have watched a lot of comedy before they might have uh recommendations that are not that are out of the ordinary that are like they might mention comedians that a lot of people have not heard before and uh, and you can make use of that right you can um, you can use that to uh, find somebody new to watch yeah uh you're part of the frat pat fern yeah i try not to watch too much comedy uh yes some comedians i know uh, like i know jen han he he used to never watch any comedy for fear that um he wants to keep his thoughts and ideas pure that was the idea behind it and so for many years when he did comedy in fact yeah for many years he just like wouldn't watch anyone else he would just try to avoid it because like if he had an idea for a joke, he need, he knows that it is his idea and it is not like um, 
a memory of someone's idea that he kind of forgot as a memory and uh, accidentally stole. Um, so that was a unique approach, I guess. Well, not unique, I guess, but like um, um, some people have that approach and most people don't. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, I feel it can influence me and it scares me. Yes, exactly the same. So you and Kwa Jen Han is exactly the same uh, in that regard. I uh, don't have that option because I already watched way too much comedy before I even started performing my first set. Uh, so I was a com comedy fan first before uh, before I perform before I started performing. So I already watched way too much. And in fact, there was this one time I watched the movie and then I was like, okay, maybe I could like I could see like plot holes in a movie and I thought like, okay, maybe I'll make fun of this movie or this uh, this genre of movies. And then uh, it was about how like commercial and fake um, some of these Christmas movies are. And then as I wrote more and more of that chunk of jokes, I realized like, I like, and then I put it away, and then like two days later, I looked at it again. I'm like, wait a minute, I think I stole some Bill Burr jokes in here, because <laughs> Bill Burr had these um, jokes about how um, um, the Easter Bunny, you know, is a ridiculous uh, notion, and uh, I had some of <laughs> some of those premises in my. Uh, chunk as well. Uh, in fact, I wouldn't even say premises. I would say basically it's the same idea. I, I kind of stole the idea. And then I looked at it, I'm like, oh my God, I stole it. I didn't even realize I stole it, right? Um, so yeah, um, I have to kind of look out for that a lot. Uh, but I, did, I didn't perform that, uh, that set. And I just realized that I had um, accidentally... Uh, taken something that I had seen and I told myself that it wasn't a memory, it was an idea that came to me. And then I realized that, oh, it was a memory. And I just, yeah. So sometimes I wonder when people say, um, you know how like you have members of a jury and then they're like, Oh, no. When when someone is a witness, right, an eyewitness to a crime or something, an event that happened, and then their, uh, their account or their testimonial is kind of taken in as like, well, they swore to tell the truth, and then they said that this happened. But I wonder how accurate it really is, you know, and because... So often our fam our memories are just not that reliable, right? We think something happened, we think we saw it, but actually maybe we we heard someone tell us that they saw it, and then years later we think we saw it, uh, and it's happened to me as well. Um, so yeah, memories are not that reliable, I think. And uh, yeah, interesting approach could partially explain why his style of humor is so different. Yeah, uh, you're talking about Jen Han, right? Yeah, or maybe Jimmy Earl. Yeah, both of them are pretty unique. Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, although, 
okay, then there's the other argument, which is that uh, if I don't watch a lot of comedy, I don't know what's out there. And then a lot of times I might do a joke that I think is original. But then as soon as I do it, one of my friends might point out that, oh, you know what? Rod Gilbert's done that one. I'm like, oh, okay, let's do the other one. Oh, no. You know, um, Bill Hicks has done that one. What else? Okay, let's do this one. Well, Richard Jenny's got a joke like that. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Then I might as well watch everything and then, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Both, both approach works, I guess. Um, just different. On the road, I'll watch Russell's set, though. Watch his mechanics of riffing. Yeah. Um, yeah, watching someone riff, actually, you do learn a lot, right? And actually, when you're on the road with someone and you're, you're watching them every night, that is different as well. Because if you're watching just their special, it's like the best of the best. It's edited. It's, you know, they're, they're leaving in all, all the best parts. Uh, but if you watch someone perform night after night and they're doing the same set, and they are sometimes doing well, sometimes not doing well. And then you see what changes they make. Uh, and then you see the set evolve as well. Um, that's like a whole new type of learning that's really not available uh, just by just by watching their specials or just by watching their, um, their show, right? Um, yeah, there is. Last time uh, when we were talking to Mo Sidik and he was already like uh, kind of a superstar already. Um, he was already doing really well in Indonesia and then he came over and he blew us all, you know, blew us all away, blew our minds. And we were kind of like new and we asked him like what uh, tips he might have and he says how he does it is, um, well, this is his approach, is that he makes sure every day that he would write something and every day he would watch some comedy. So uh, I don't know if he still does that, but back then that was kind of like his approach. He would consume some comedy and he would produce, you know, um, some content, some comedy every day. And uh, yeah, I, I think like if you can do it, uh, you have the discipline to do it. Uh, you can't go wrong, right? I mean, you write, say, 100 jokes in 100 days. And let's say 5% of that becomes good jokes. So you got five jokes in 100 days, right? Which is probably more productive. And, and this is like super conservative. You probably get more like 10 jokes out of the 100 that are good. Um and even five jokes out of 100 uh, in 100 days, which is basically this past MCO, let's say. Is it is it 100 days? It's almost, I think it's about 100 days, right? And yeah, I don't know if I have five jokes since the MCO began. <laughs> I don't know if I do. Not, not five complete good jokes anyway. Yeah. Oh. Uh... Sometimes his riffing gets awkward. 
but he pulls out of it. It's amazing to watch. Oh, okay. So he has this method where if it doesn't go well, then he can pull out of it. Yeah, those are also things that we can learn, you know, even if we don't, you know, copy it exactly or don't use exactly the same words, but we can see the idea behind it and we can use that idea. It's like, oh, okay, he, he decided not to lean in at this point. He decided to pull out because this is get, getting nowhere. Um, yeah, we can learn a lot of those um, strategic things. Gotta go by, oh, bye, Andrew Kitt. Uh, kind of early today. You're leaving by eight fifty-two. Yeah, it's almost nine, right? I have I been talking that long? No, I started really late, right? <laughs> I feel like I haven't started this podcast yet. See you, Andrew. Kill it, yes, and uh, kill it, Andrew. I don't know what you're doing, but uh, yeah, kill it. Meaning do well in it. Hundred and twenty days already. I think. Wow, hundred. Has it been hundred and twenty days? Yes, it has been because. 30 days to a month, right? Roughly. Some months are longer. February is really short. And it's been, it's coming up to four months already, right? By, so started on March 18th in Malaysia. Uh, so by 18th of uh, July would be four months. Yeah, man. Has it been 120 days though? Not quite yet, lah, right? Maybe maybe next week. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm counting wrong. What else do I want to talk about today? Um, yeah. Yeah, looks like the... Yeah, looks like the, the live streaming party is winding down a little bit. Uh, I don't want it to, though. Right? I feel like it's like everyone is, you know, ready to leave the party and go home and hang up, put the chairs up. But I'm the last person at the party and I feel like hanging on. I'm like, hey, where's everyone going? Stay, you know, you can still have fun. Uh, because I feel like there's so much tech that I've learned. Uh, even today, I was still learning, you know, how to put, uh, past few days, in fact, I'm like, how do you put StreamYard into OBS? How do you put OBS into StreamYard? And how do you put like uh, the Zoom into OBS? And uh, sometimes it works. Sometimes I'm just um, it's just a wasted afternoon. Although it's not a wasted afternoon if I find out it doesn't work and I learn something, right? At least I know it doesn't work. The border closed at midnight, March 17th. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So March 18, lah, the, the first day of MCU. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm i trying to juggle a lot of things as well. I'm, I can foresee I'm going to be spending more time because I'm going out again, because my wife is going out again and she wants me to drive her and all that crazy stuff, in which actually happened today, which is why I'm, I was late. Uh, we were out. Uh, we had fun with our friends. And then I looked at my watch and was like, ah, it's 7.40. It's time to go home and do the live stream. And uh, we kind of like were 10 minutes late. Um, not live stream. Did I say live stream? I meant podcast. Use the right word, Sim. <laughs> it is a live stream. Uh, but it is also a podcast. And I got to remember that. 
if you do your stream on nights uh, where there's no live shows, it will still be relevant. Oh, okay. Thanks, Jimmy. I Yeah, so I think I need a new schedule. Don't do it. Maybe don't do it on the weekends, on Fridays and Saturdays. Maybe do it on Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays. Wednesday is open mic night. I got to decide whether... Yeah, there's a bunch of things I need to decide. Whether I'm going back out to the open mic nights and doing four-minute sets, whether that's worth my time, uh, or, I mean, regularly, um, or whether to revive the Tuesday new material uh, show. Um, maybe that's a better use of our time as well. The crack house used to have this show that um, where we just uh, try out new material on each other and then we ask each other for feedback as well, kind of like a workshoppy show. Um, and the audience joins in as well. It's kind of fun because at first we thought like, oh, this is going to be too technical. It's going to be too dry. And it's not going to be enough laughs and and the audience is not going to enjoy it because uh, all these jokes, you know, a bunch of them are not going to work. And then on top of that, we're going to be talking about them and the talking is not going to be funny. So uh, we tried it. And turns out the audience don't mind it that much. Um, it, it never really sold out the, the place. But the people who did come to those workshop fee shows, uh, they, uh, they did have a good positive experience. They, they weren't like laughing their socks off. But it was always a nice, um, lighthearted, fun positive experience because there is that interactivity they did feel like you know um they could join in they could contribute which is always um a nice feeling uh yes what else here today is just me reading comments and uh, and having this conversation which is fun as well you know i because uh i didn't do my homework i didn't do my show notes properly um also try to host as much as possible. Okay, Jimmy Earl, I shall take up this challenge. Um, yes, uh, I will do that. I will work on hosting and yeah, which I never do. Like the number of times I've hosted in my life, in my eight years of doing comedy, you could count in one hand. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it online anyway, and then uh, and then maybe get used to it and then bring that on to, into the into the outside world <laughs> okay what else did i want to talk about i yeah i also want to spend some time with uh, a bit more time with my family as well because uh, uh i haven't been a good dad i haven't been a good family man because i'm like just spending way too much time trying to figure out how to put obs into uh stream yard and things like that <laughs> so yeah my my son He's turning into a teenager. I just realized that um, he he's kind of be really turning thirteen. But um, it's not so much the number. It's not so much the age. It is the fact that I made this mistake of like in our house we don't have good internet like throughout the house. And one of the places that had really uh, bad internet, in fact, almost no internet, is his bedroom. So he doesn't like to really like sleep in his bedroom. He spends most of his time like in our bedroom, and I'm not supposed to tell you guys that. Uh, but like, uh, yeah, he's because he's shy. But uh, 
But yeah, now he spends way too much time in his bedroom and I have to go in there and make sure he's not surfing porn, right? Um, because I I did this thing that I thought was an improvement to our house, which was to uh, get some uh, Wi-Fi extenders and <laughs> extend the internet into his room. And now he's just in his room the whole time. I He's just gaming a lot. And uh, yeah, I got to actually like, like I tell people I have to, like sometimes people ask me like, uh, do you want to go on stream or, um, you know, do you want to go on an online open mic or can you help me uh, write some, uh, take a look at some jokes? And sometimes I'm like, uh, yeah, maybe later because right now I got to put my kid to sleep and I can feel them thinking like, put your kid to sleep. Isn't he like almost 13, right? What's going on? And the, the thing that's happening is, Yes, I have to make sure he goes to sleep, which means I got to make sure I rip him off from his computer, turn it off, and make sure he goes to bed. Uh, yeah, I'm just not strict enough, so I, I got to make sure it happens every night. If I was fierce enough, if I was uh, strict enough, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm one of those uh, Asian parents who uh, beat their kids, uh, I don't know if Asian parents still beat their kids, but uh, in comedy, we talk about it all the time, right? Uh, yeah, maybe I don't have to do that, right? <laughs> if I was maybe a bit more abusive with <laughs> my kid, maybe I don't have to uh, watch him like a hawk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's going to be so taken out of context. If someone just enters the stream right now and hears me saying that, that's just like hilarious. Um, yeah. That's a bit. You think that's a bit? Which which one is the bit? The but the one about my kid, Jimmy Earl. Which which one is the bit? I don't know. But I, my whole life is like a bit. I hope he doesn't go through what my son went through. The angsty teen. Oh gosh, I am not looking forward to it. But I do see some signs, and I kind of use it against him. You know, I tell him, "Hey, you know what? I always have this fear." that you're going to turn out like one of these teenagers and then we're not going to have a connection anymore. And then, you know, um, you know, I'm trying my best. And my fear is that even though I try my best, it's not good enough. And then you're going to drift away from me. So in a way, I'm kind of like implanting this guilt into him so that I don't have to, don't have to uh, scold him, I guess. Uh, but I don't know. So far it works. But at some point, oh, the... <laughs> The porn police. Yes, yes, yes. I am actually going to download the recording of this podcast, Jimmy. And I'm going to, well, first of all, I'm going to either edit it or don't edit it and I'll put it on the podcast. But I am also going to listen to it to see what I said. And sometimes I say something in conversation and it's funny. And I'm like, oh, that could be a joke. And I go back and I'm like, how did I say it? I don't remember exactly how I said it. And it doesn't come out as natural. It doesn't come out as funny again. Uh, yesterday, I was helping a friend with her uh, jokes and she was um, preparing some rose jokes. She asked me to go through them with her and I was doing that. And then I came to some, I was like, I'm not sure about this one. And then she was, she was explaining like how this guy she's roasting is. And the more like frustrated she got, the more like agitated she got. And then she was like, who does that? And then she, she goes into how like explaining like this thing that this guy does. And I'm like, 
that's exactly how you should write the roast, you know? Like the, the really carefully worded uh, parts were not as funny as when she was just ranting off the cuff. And sometimes we need that, right? Um, yeah, but they all go through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat Friend, I, I am going to, uh, yeah, brace myself for it. Thanks. Thanks for the, <laughs> thanks for the heads up. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's get into this. Pat Friend, your son is now 28 and, uh, and Jimmy, I know your kids are also young adults now. So you guys, you guys are way ahead of me. You guys rode through that wave of like teenage years. Like what was it like? Like how did you guys survive it? And like, give me some, give me some light at the end of this tunnel. Give me some hope. Give me some guidance. What do I have to look out uh, for and look forward to? And yeah, what do I need to do? Uh, yeah, that's one part of my life that is like, I am truly in need of guidance is that, yeah. Basically, I guess like my way of thinking about it is just to uh, be the best that I can be, which it's not always possible at every moment, right? Sometimes you're just too busy, you're too tired, you're too, you know. Uh, what am I talking about myself in the third person? I don't know. Um, I was the good cop. Oh, that's the way. That's the way. Sometimes I try that, you know. Sometimes I think he, I think I, if I do it too often, he'll wise up to it. Like sometimes he's like, oh, you know what? You should get off the computer because if mom sees you still on the computer, she's going to kill you. And that's my, <laughs> it's such a cop-out, right? It's just like, that's, that's not responsible parenting, right? It's just like outsourcing it to uh, the other parent. But yeah, I, I do that a lot too. I'm actually, I'm, I'm my kid's buddy in a way because it's like a lot of times he wants to talk to someone about something and he and my wife doesn't understand a thing he says because he's talking about memes he's talking about um some anime he's watched he's talking about some like um youtube channel that he watches or he's talking about some game that he plays or uh yeah some guy in the youtube channel that plays a uh, you know plays a game and he watches that yeah and my wife most of the time she's too busy to really get into understanding what all these things are and then or oh, she's not interested enough because uh, uh yeah i think it's more of a guy thing so yeah a lot of the times i get to be the good cop or the buddy you know i'm like oh yeah i'll listen to this okay yeah and then, uh, try to be as interested as i can or you know at least pretend to be <laughs> and uh, my yeah so my wife just like uh yeah go talk to your dad about about ninja and about uh, uh about uh i don't know the names of the other youtubers okay here we go don't be predictable with your reactions when they fuck up take a more creative approach and make it a memorable response ah, okay this is interesting so like if they expect me to get angry and then i don't and then if they expect me to not get ang not overreact, sometimes I do. <laughs> I go low when they want me to go high. Is that what is that what it is, Jimmy? 
uh wow this is great i i love this this is the best episode because i am getting like free advice uh, which is gonna be uh what i need you know uh you're on the right track my son and i did music together we were on the same soccer team oh that's so awesome i i think i'm too old to be in the soccer team uh, i tried i tried playing soccer with him when he was much younger uh like when he was eight or nine i was still kind of like i could carry him a bit on the on the on the soccer team you know but like now it's just like i can't i can't keep up and uh yeah he's bigger and i'm older oh okay cool all right jimmy i think i think this is a this is very interesting because i remember when i remember the same thing when i was a kid right um don't not like my dad not being predictable sometimes like uh he gets angry and I, those are really memorable i'm like oh my god he's just He's not always angry, and now he's angry, right? And then there are times when we think like, well, uh, we are dead, you know, basically, like we did the wrong thing, and he's going to kill us. There's no, <laughs> there's no, basically, he's just, you know, he's going to disown us at the very least. And uh, and then he's like super understanding, and he, uh, you know, and you're right, it's really memorable when when these things happen. And um, okay, this is, I think this is the way to go, Jimmy. And uh, definitely Pat Fern, um, you know, being there with your your kids uh, as much as possible. I think that is, uh, I think that's the modern way of parenting, which I really believe in. Like I, in comedy, you always hear like, oh, you know, I had a tough childhood, you know, my, you know, um, because of uh, anybody with my skin color, you know, they, uh, they, you understand what I mean, because uh, your dad must have beaten you with a belt and things like that, right? You hear that in comedy all the time, but nobody ever talks about, you know, my dad never beat me. <laughs> maybe because it's not funny, but like, um, yeah. So maybe I shouldn't get my uh, life advice through jokes, right? <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad place to look for. To look for uh, guidance for um, what to do in life, maybe uh, I should uh, look beyond that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. I love this, Jimmy Earl. My uh, my kid after four years of pre med just announced he doesn't want to do med medicine anymore. I wanted to freak out and beat the shit out of him, but I resisted. Okay. Yeah. I guess. He's an adult, right? Like, what are you going to do? He tried it. You know, he... Sometimes it is all they can do to stick it out and graduate. And that is... They're doing it for us, right? Yeah. Four years of pre-med. And he wants... Oh, my God, Jimmy Earl. He wants to do stand-up. My wife is freaking out. It's my fault. Oh my god, Jimmy Earl, it is your fault. Um so I don't know what advice to give you, Jimmy, except uh maybe maybe convince him that he's not funny. <laughs> don't laugh at any of his jokes. <laughs> oh man. Is 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 he funny though? Is he is he uh 
does he have the makings of a of a comic? Because um, yeah, if 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 he had a good childhood, I would say he might have the missing ingredient, right? Because because comedians are kind of have this addictive personality, kind of like this personality flaw where they would bomb at a show and most right-minded people would be like, well, that was stupid. I'm not going to do that again. And then comedians are like, no, I, I know I bombed the last nine times, but there was this one time when I did well. I, I think I'm going to keep doing this. You know? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Let's think about this. Is it like, you know how chances are most people don't marry the first girl they date? You know, they got to make a bunch of mistakes and then they find, they settle on one woman because they're like, okay, I think this is the one. Uh, takes all the boxes and and it's not a psycho and it's not super um, uh, needy or not needy enough or, you know, it's like you've made a bunch of mistakes because the first girl you dated is the hot girl, right? Because that's that's all you knew. The first girl that you dated was probably uh, a good-looking girl that you didn't know anything about, and then you're like, oh, okay, there's a bunch of uh, things I got to deal with here. <laughs> Is it like that? Maybe like your first job or your first career choice, maybe it's like that, you know? Maybe the first one is is the, is the what, what do you call it? Like um, a fakie, a trial. So maybe I shouldn't push my son to be an engineer or uh, <laughs> or, <laughs> or a doctor or, or an accountant or an architect. Uh, maybe I should get him to be an actor, <laughs> a stand-up comedian, and force him into it, and then he'll get so sick of it. He's like, no, Dad, I want to be an accountant. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, but it is, an, it is an interesting idea. It, is, um, it seems like a, a real thing to me, right? Like the first thing you think is going to be your dream job, it's bound to disappoint you, right? And then you're like, oh, okay, maybe... Maybe there's no such thing as the one uh, thing that you could find that would make you happy, and then you, and then you you lower your standards a little bit, and then you look for your second career, and then you settle in on that one, or maybe the third one or the fourth one, right? Yeah, maybe maybe if by the fourth one you're still you know jumping <laughs> jumping around like every year, maybe that's a that's a problem. That's <laughs> you need a we need to have a talk, right? <laughs> Jimmy Earl says, this pandemic is helping. He's seeing all the out-of-work comedians. <laughs> that is a bit, Jimmy. That's a bit. <laughs> oh, man. The shoelace must go through many holes before it gets the knot tied. Oh, okay. Okay, I've never heard of the saying, but I know exactly what it means uh, because, well, because we are talking about this. Yeah, pet friend. Uh, the shoelace must go through many holes before it gets the knot tight. Uh, I guess. Okay, so this applies to finding um, a partner, right? A life partner. Does it apply to finding your dream job? You know, your your career of choice. I think it kind of does, right? Such a good analogy, pet friend. Yeah, it's awesome. I love that saying now. I'm going to use it. 
I'm going to make memes out of it and put uh, Einstein's picture on it. <laughs> okay, let's see what else we're going to talk about today. Um, uh, yeah, the, the rest of the things I had prepared is not even as good as what we have been talking about. Like, uh, what is this even? I do realize things are going back to normal, but I will be spending more time doing more online stuff. Yeah, I, I already said that, right? I I don't have a lot of ideas on how to make content online, but I do know that there should be a lot of uh, things that haven't really been tried because I might be wrong, but I feel like people like stand-up comedians, people like um, live performers, right, who kind of create on the stage, they haven't really been forced into a situation where they are stuck at home and they got to create content at home. And we were, we, we were kind of forced into doing that, right? And I think for the past four months, I have been super careful. And I think a lot of us have where we are like, okay, what do we know how to do? We, we know how to talk. We know how to um, do stand-up comedy. You know, We know how to tell jokes. So we will do some of that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And then I see other people like Nicholas Gammon. He was like just creating slides and, you know, showing pictures. And I'm like, and in fact, Rishat, you talked about this, right? You you said like, uh, why don't we include like things like visual effects and incorporate that into uh, our stand-up comedy? And we talked about it and then we didn't do it. Why? Because we, we, we're chicken shit, right? We're scared. We didn't, do it. We didn't try it. Uh, even when we saw it, even when we see like Vivek doing it, and like, uh, yeah, we we kind of tried that at some point, and then like we couldn't figure out the tag. It seems too hard. We and we're gonna try it tomorrow, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, uh, like maybe this uh, staying at home thing is not gonna last forever because uh, people are starting to go back out to work. We saw that starting to happen a few weeks ago over here, and I started thinking like. I started panicking, actually. I started thinking like, oh my God, we're running out of time to try all the things that we want to try. What if everybody goes back to work and nobody watches this, uh, all these things we put online anymore? So in a way, it's kind of like, if we're going to do it, might as well do it while we are still kind of a little bit stuck at home and everyone else is as well. Because maybe, and I would say hopefully, a few weeks, a few months from now, maybe the whole world has kind of gone back to work. Everything's kind of gone back to semi-normal in a social distancing way. Everyone's wearing masks, but everyone's, you know, back out um, living their normal lives. And when that happens, it's um, live streaming. I don't know what the future is for live streaming anymore when that happens. Maybe it'll continue. I think it will. But now is the time where we can kind of suck <laughs> and still have five people watching <laughs> or listening. Um, when things are really back to normal, I feel like you got to be much better in order to keep people's attention. And now is the time to learn this stuff. And uh, yeah, I promised myself that I'm going to try a few different formats, which I haven't done. I've just been sticking to the same one format and telling myself, yeah, you got to reach 100 episodes before you can try something new. But I will still reach 100 episodes. Even if I just cut down to one episode a week of talking to people, I will get there in about seven weeks, right? I think I'm at episode 92 or 93, somewhere around there. 
the the hundred thing is just a number anyway. Like, who cares, right? I do, obviously. <laughs> I kind of do because, uh, yeah, I feel like if I ask someone to come on the show and they're uh, kind of reluctant, but then they say like, "Oh, he's done it for a hundred over episodes. Uh, he should know what he's doing," and then I'll fool them into coming onto the show. <laughs> okay, I think I'm gonna wind up uh, pretty soon. But uh, what are you guys talking about over here? Uh, okay, Pat Fern, going back to the jobs thing, right? The career thing. Yes, I did three jobs before I found my dream job. Uh, Pat Fern, what is your dream job? Okay, tell uh, tell me more about it. What were your three jobs and then what was your dream job? <laughs> so Jimmy Earl says here, if you need a guest for uh, your next dream, I know an ungrateful pain in the ass new comedian waste four years of college. Okay, uh, it is an idea, okay? uh yes why not right yeah I, I would love to talk to your your kid and uh and encourage him to do more comedy <laughs> it's been a fun one uh last week was kind of a downer wasn't it i was like yeah don't do more of those down <laughs> downer episodes oh by the way uh update on that is i am actually meeting Charmaine to um to uh, discuss the writing of a letter to kind of push forward some of the ideas we had about getting the clubs involved, the comedy clubs involved, uh, to make at least uh, the community safer. And by community, when we talk about spaces, when we talk about physical spaces, it means the clubs have to be safe as well. So trying to yeah brainstorm some some more ideas on how to do that. Uh, originally, I thought it was gonna be uh, very, um, very simple, right? Like, um, get a bunch of allies involved who can help um, when things happen. Hopefully, they don't happen. You know, uh, the sexual harassment cases going forward. Hopefully, they don't happen. But when, if and when they do happen, hopefully, we have like, oh, okay, Prakash is an ally, or you know, Sims an ally. Uh, we can, you know, these are the people that you can trust to um, at least bring the um, survivors to a, a safe place and and you know give them the support that they need um, but then that's not an easy that's not as simple as I thought as well because uh, uh, it was pointed out to me that maybe some of the people <laughs> who are offer, offering to be allies uh, a lot of the women and I know that survivors can be um men as well but by and large they are mostly women right um a lot of the women find some of these people who are offering to be allies to be kind of creepy as well so that's a problem right yeah so how do you come up with a list so anyway we're gonna discuss it on tuesday and see how we go um maybe i'm on that list you know maybe i you know sometimes i tell like um inappropriate jokes on the stage and maybe i creep out some women as well i don't know Going back to the comments. Okay, here we go. Pat friend's story. After school, I joined the Air Force. All right, cool. Then I went to hotel school like Rizal and became a bartender. Awesome. Uh, by then, uh, then by chance, I got into audio engineering, which I did for almost 30 years. Oh, wow. Okay, 10 of which was spent lecturing. Okay, now I'm a taxi driver, and this has got to be the best job in the world. Wow, cool. 
Right. Okay. Pat Friend says the material I get is priceless. That is from talking to people while you're driving the taxi cab, right? And yeah, I actually, you know, when you said you worked as a bartender, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a bartender. <laughs> I don't know why. I think I was watching Cheers and then I was watching that Tom Cruise movie where he was a bartender and and somehow I thought like, oh, yeah, it'd be nice to be a bartender, you know, talk to people who come in and uh, listen to their problems. Uh, yeah, it, it was this romantic notion that I had, you know. And, uh, and now you're saying exactly the same thing about, um, you know, driving people uh, where they need to go in your taxi. And yeah, I can see it. I can totally see it. Like if you love talking to people, it's yeah, it's one of the best jobs, right? And and it's random, right? You you don't you don't pick and choose who you wanna talk to. It's just random, and then you you got a random sample in a way, which is nice. All right, guys, I'm out of here. I'll see you guys in the next podcast next week. Bye.